、東洋人が書いているファンタジーっていうものが、あの、ヨーロッパやアメリカの本場の人にどう見えるのか、僕はすごく興味があるんですよ。<笑>あの、逆にハリウッドで作られたり、ヨーロッパで作られてるかどうかわからないんですけど、要するに、白人文化で出来上がったファンタジーっていうものだと、うん、こっちから見ると本場ものに見えるんですね。僕が作ってるのは東洋人が作った、要は白人文化のものじゃないですか。一体どのように見えるのだろうかと、とても気になります。<笑> so that was the voice of Kentaro Miura, the creator of Berserk, who we all know. That was from an interview in 2002, which marked the release of the Berserk anime in the USA. He was asking Western fans what they thought of this fantasy world created by him, a Japanese person. And he said he hoped that they found it interesting. This Thursday on May 20th, 2021, Hakusensha announced that Mira had died on May 6th at the age of 54. The cause of death was an acute aortic dissection, a vascular disease that is rare, sudden, and has a high mortality rate. The official announcement indicates that he was cared for, watched over, and transported to the hospital as soon as he collapsed. The tragedy came as a shock to his family, friends, and colleagues. As well as, of course, to fans across the world. While he was a very hardworking person and had periods of overworking whenever he was in his 30s, he had actually been taking care of his health for the past 15 years. Yoshihiro Kurosaki, his lead assistant, took on Twitter to reiterate that Miura was physically and mentally healthy. He had no chronic illness and that he ate healthily and regularly exercised. In Young Animals' obituary, they emphasized that he was a kind and joyful man, always full of fresh ideas. Miura had indicated in recent interviews that he had been taking care of himself specifically because he was intent on finishing Berserk properly. His untimely disappearance sent fans of his work grieving around the world. And we're recording this episode of the Skullcast to try and provide some support through our shared morning. I'm Walter, and on this saddest of days for us, I'm joined by Azil. Hey. Griffith. Hey. Grail. Hey, everyone. And Gabolatula. Hello. How have you guys been holding up? Not great. Holding up as best as one can, yeah. Yeah, just sort of moving,、yeah. you know, keep moving kind of a thing.、Mm. Yeah, every day's been a little different for me. And that's not to say that each day gets easier. It's just been kind of a roller coaster, is how I would describe it.、Mm. You know, There are stages of grief. Everyone knows about them. And I feel like it's not a linear progression always,、uh, at least not for me. It, it felt like it got easier and then it felt like it got harder. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, anyway. Or today. It's been three days, I think. I don't know. It feels like 10 days.、Mm. We're on the four and fourth day, basically, since we found out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've had phases sometimes. I'm okay. Sometimes I'm not. It's,、uh, it's a bit unpredictable. Hard to really look forward at this point. Yeah, I don't think it's really, it's really hit me yet. You know, the feeling of that, that constant in my life not being there. In my mind, I was just telling you guys earlier, like, it feels like, you know, my mind is like, oh, we're, you know, we're on hiatus. It's going to come back and, you know, everything's going to be normal and everyone's great, you know, but the realization is just like, that's not the case. This amazing person is no longer with us. That, that really hits hard. Yeah, I, I feel like it hasn't warmed itself in, inside me yet、uh, fully as well. It's unbelievable because, I mean, on the one side, it's sort of、uh, that feeling of, you know, even though he's obviously this internationally known、uh, you know, author, you know, all these articles that popped up, you know, but I was, you know, because. Of the relationship, I think we all had with the work, you almost feel like, you know, it's more personal than that. It belongs to you. It's like losing a friend. And it's also odd that, like, you know, why, why did this happen? It, it doesn't feel like, a, you know, as people were saying, you know, in the thread and such, it doesn't feel like, a, you know, a celebrity death. You know, and you know, it mirrored it、yeah. feel like a celebrity to me that I was like following, you know, like it was,、uh, you know, it, it just felt more like, yeah, <clears throat> a more personal thing where you're, you know, reading this story. You read it almost like it's just for you, even though we obviously all come together and share it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's been,、uh, that's been interesting. 
for me. And it sort of started out with me, you know, like, you know, Grail said about like the work and sort of dealing with, oh, that's not going to be in our lives anymore. And it's almost become easier as I've sort of taken a step back perspective wise. And it's more like, okay, well, that's, that's okay. We got plenty of that. Like that was a great gift. I don't need another episode. I don't need, you know, anything like that. I just, so then I just feel bad about, you know, like how arbitrary it was that he was taken like so suddenly. So, yeah. So that's sort of where I'm at today. Mm. I've always suspected. And I think this event kind of confirms how secretly super popular Berserk was. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because I mean, Uh, You guys know we've been following the series for a long time and often through the comings and goings of fans as the hiatuses come and go, it always feels like there's a pretty solid core group. But, you know, it's hard to cumulatively feel the the true fan base just through our little corner of the Internet. But when this happened, it was pretty clear that Berserk was much bigger than even I had thought uh, in terms of who it reached and how it reached them. Uh, just seeing the outpourings on Twitter, which were a little uncomfortable for me to read because, as Griff kind of alluded to, Berserk has felt special to me. And I feel like as if you had, you know, a, a loved one or someone, you know, in your life and his, the funeral is just 10 times bigger than you thought the turnout would be. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's heartwarming, but also very strange. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I gotta say it was it was pretty rough uh, first couple of days, especially. I uh, at first it was just like a complete. It was like disbelief, like we were kind of scrambling to figure, like, like is this a hoax? Like, mm-hmm. it was that kind of un unreality. Like, no, nah, this this can't be happening. You know, it just you know way too soon. I think that struck those of us that found out basically in the immediate wake of it, we, we hit, it hit us differently. I mean, for me, I felt very alone because there was no one out there at the time to confirm it. in like the 10 or 30 minutes I'd spent, uh, you know, reaching out for people that was pretty dark because it was, I felt like it was just me reading this terrible news. And then within 30 minutes, it was made plain and we had a group of people talking about it and it was a little easier after that. So I wanted to transition into some quotes that we've selected about uh, Mira's life. Um, I have them divided about quotes where he talks about himself, and I have quotes where he talks about you know his greatest passion, which is drawing. So, so the first one is from 2016. He says, I started the Band of the Falcon, and I reflected on the relationships that I myself experienced to create sub-characters. I selected this one because it's one of very uh, uh, many quotes about himself where you see and you learn that a lot of Berserk is a reflection of his life, or at least how he processed experiences in his life to add to Berserk and to make it more emotionally resonant by grounding it in reality. So the Band of the Falcon, as you know, if you've read any interviews with him, you know, the members there are representative of the same group that he had in high school, even down to the relationship of Guts and Griffith is a parallel between himself and one of his friends. Yeah. Koji Mori. Right, who's also a mangaka now. So next we have a um, from 2000. I don't consider myself a special person doing something that only I can do. I think of myself more as just an ordinary person. I can look at things that most people would get nothing out of, some weird movie or something, and then take something away from it. So as long as there's some sort of human drama in there, I don't think of leisure and work as separate things. Even what's happening here right now will go towards the manga in the end. It's a matter of bringing everything out into the manga. So once again, that's one of those things where he's drawing from his personal experience to, to layer and, and make Berserk um, you know, better and richer through his own experiences of life. Hmm. The next one's from 2017. Personally, I write for someone who is like me. I don't think my manga can be appreciated by anyone beyond those people who share my sensibilities. I want to write for the people who were like me, who I was during high school. The next comes from 2019. After I'm done, I will first have to recuperate. Once I'm back in full shape, and if I feel I can keep going, then I'll go for it. After all, it is the fate of the mangaka of the Showa period to die at their drawing table. 
he was responding to a question about works after Berserk. And uh, that question, just for some context there. Hmm. Saying he'd like to, but he would probably have to take a break at first. Yeah, and he meant that people like him born on his age, uh, yeah, the mangaka like him, they were so dedicated to the craft that they would draw until until they died, basically, because of, that was a passion. Right, The the exactly. The passion and... The, you know, and necessarily, they didn't necessarily adhere to a value of, you know, more, what's the word, mental and physical wellness. It was more about pursuing, you know, their craft. And I feel like he softened over the years about that. Yeah. Like taking some more time off, which we'll get to. Uh, the next section is about his drawing, which is very per- personal and to him. So in 2019, he says, Draw- drawing is a disease to me. I have no other word for that. <laughs> he next says uh, in 2019 the same interview later on it's always pleasant to draw manga I have little trouble drawing manga sometimes there's some bothering things but I do them pleasantly as well otherwise I wouldn't be able to keep working on my manga for such a long time and he laughs because manga gives me nothing but pleasure I do it all day long which causes me to give up leading a decent life sometimes Ah, uh, now that I think of it I need time I'm getting old with not much time left in his career. I'm sorry, with not much time left. And in brackets, he's referring to his career. And my body is not what it used to be. It would be a painful thing. Next is from the illustrations file from 1996. Talking about the origins of his, um, his drawing. All I can remember is that I drew manga first on a notebook for university students during a second grade in elementary school. It was some kind of revelation. To please others or to receive praise by drawing was the happiest thing in my youth. I guess old habits die hard. My family moved quite often at that time. My drawings enabled me to make new friends in the schools I shifted to. Now that I think of it, it was a time when I already had established my identity as a drawer in the way. And he laughs. Wow. Final quote is from 2019 as well. I have this rhythm because I like working like this. You don't have to worry about it. On the contrary, I even think I am in better health than before now that my work rhythm has stabilized. I simply try as much as possible not to overdo it. If I get slower, it's simply because I'm getting older. Uh, well, I really liked that that uh, second to last quote about his identity as an illustrator being ad- established at such a young age because he kind of got that feedback from friends and family. I, I can really relate to that feeling. Hmm, that's cool. Uh, I really, I loved when he called drawing a disease. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was really funny. And yeah. also mm-hmm. just that he referred to himself, at least, uh, you know, in the translation, as a drawer. Rather than, like, saying, you know, I'm an artiste, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, it shows a humbleness, but it also shows sort of a down-to-earth dedication to his craft. Like, I've always, I mean, I think I've used that exact terminology to describe him in the past why you know the sense i got from him from his work and why i liked it and liked him from it was because like he just struck me as sort of this artist artist like you know i'm just a drawer he draws all day like a little kid basically starts out drawing all day you know and then they grow up and become an artist or you know or they lose the gift and so you know it's really cool just to hear him talk about himself in those terms Mm mm-hmm yeah, he, it's maybe something people don't realize, but he had a, a great sense of humor and he often made self, uh, fun of himself. And clearly, yeah, I mean, that's something I think throughout all of his interviews that comes across is drawing was his passion. That's, uh, pretty much the one thing he wanted to do and the one thing that made him happy most among everything else. And that's why he, yeah, he was always going to do it uh, until the end because that's that's what his life was about. So as we were preparing for this podcast, uh, we did ask Puella, who is one of our oldest members, and she's the woman whose translations that have been at the core of our community for so long and helped us understand uh, Berserk and Mira. Uh, we asked if she could send a message to those who are listening. And though she was racked with grief, uh, she did accept in the hope that it could bring others a bit of solace. Hi everyone, I'm Puella. Some of you may know me for my translations. I have been reading Paris Recursion since uh, 2001. 
Basically, it's like my family, part of my body. Basically, a thing that is always with me. Years ago, I lost some of my vision due to a serious eye disease. When I suddenly couldn't see things at all that I had always been able to see, I felt a horrible emptiness. I suffer from a similar feeling right now. I always coveted to get an autograph directly from Mira, and I plan to decorate my house with all the postcards from him that it have and those we would receive in the future. In recent years, I personally wondered how Charlotte would get to realize what Griffiths really is, and then how she would, would react. And of course, I had been expecting to see Scarlett's figure from when he was a human, and so many other things. Learning of this loss, the first thing that came to my mind is, how should I live? I guess the same for every fan. My sorrow is renewed each morning when I wake up. Well, what to say? When I want to cry, I cry. I just let my feelings go. There's nothing else to do. However, it gives me strength to think about what I can do and what Miura would want. I think he wanted to be remembered for and through his art. That is what he dedicated his life to. Like I said in the thread on scholar.net, now I have many things to do to maintain his legacy, like translating all of his interviews and other things. I feel that scholar.net can be an online museum for Perisirko. I'm sure the world will never see such a great mangaka again. Looking at his last picture, I feel like wearing a similar gray beanie and sweatshirt could be a way for people to commemorate him too. It's a stylish look, isn't it? I have a short message for him. So I wanted to have um, everyone gets a chance to talk about what Miura uh, meant to them. I'm sure you guys have some notes prepared. To get things started, I don't, I'll go first, if that's okay with everybody. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need a minute after that. Go right ahead. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> Many who know me personally know that I have a very different perspective on death from most people. I was raised around a very large family. And so as a child, I would often go to lots of funerals. I've probably been to at least two dozen funerals in my life from people who had lived long lives, long, rich lives, and they had lots of grandkids. Um, And so you'd go to these things and... You'd have people standing around their body and everyone would be crying around someone who was like 98 years old and who had lived a nice, long, rich life. And then after the funeral, they would go back to the cafeteria and we'd all eat fried chicken. And then that's when the actual you know, healing process would begin because everyone would be sharing happy stories about their memories of that person. Growing up, it always felt so nonsensical to me that this person who had lived an amazing life is is being people are crying over it when he had been gone or she had been gone for so long truly it always felt to me like death should be a celebration when it's possible to be a celebration that's not the case with this though because it was taken from us suddenly with no warning out of the blue and something like that is a tragedy and it shatters our hearts for that because we couldn't prepare for it he couldn't prepare for it it had no cause. It's, it's, it's convenient to seek causal things in this, to construct a narrative. Oh, if this happened or if that happened, then it wouldn't have happened. Sometimes life just takes things from you. Sometimes, sometimes that's it. 
I don't know of a more clear or resonant example in my life than what happened with Kentaro Miura. Despite that, despite the inherent sadness of this that is crushing, I am very grateful to have lived for the serialization of Berserk. I think back on series that I came across well after the serialization. You know, Akira is the one I think of a lot, where I would have loved to have been around for each chapter of that, to think about and talk about it with fans, about what's happening next. I feel like a series like Akira, I feel like I missed out on half of riding that wave of excitement between releases. Whereas Berserk, that was part of my daily life for 20 years. And so I'm extremely grateful for that. And I do think Berserk is special. I do think it's one of those milestone manga series that will stand the test of time. Anything associated with manga, Berserk will be one of those big names. I think it was a huge achievement. I'm grateful to have gotten an interview response from him. I certainly didn't expect it. It was a long shot thing. And it was a response to the community, but receiving it in the mail was a absolutely a magical moment for me that I'll never forget. It's one of my, you know, it's not even my success, it's our success, but it's one that's very close to my heart. It feels very personal to me. I'm grateful to have felt that I like I understood him better through the interviews translated by Puella. He wasn't just a name in the credits to me. I felt like through the interviews, I really did feel like he was a person that I knew relatively well, even though I'd never met him, even though I've never even seen him in person, except for through a little blurry video from his acceptance speech in 2002. I'm grateful to have found some of my lifelong friends through Skullnight.net, people who I would absolutely never have met because we're scattered across continents and across states. You know, Griffith and I have talked, you know, all the time, very deeply for 20 plus years. Azil and I have talked all the time for 15 plus years. You know, I, I wouldn't have met these people at all. Uh, my, wife would, my life would have gone in a completely different direction and it wouldn't have been the same. I don't think it's delusional to say that I feel I would have gotten along very well with Miura just based on the things that he said in his interviews, his observations about life. He really does, as a, as a person, he resonates with me and the way that I look at life. Of course, there's always there's all these barriers between that, right? It's not like we could really be friends because there's a language barrier, right? There's the celebrity and fan barrier. You know, it's not something that was meant to be. My point is more, I really felt close to him in terms of him as a person, not even necessarily him as an artist, how he looked at life. What I really appreciated most of all, and one thing that I also, even before I discovered Berserk, was you know his fascination with the enduring human spirit. I feel like everyone talks about what's the theme of Berserk. And they, they go in many different ways, or it's about dreams, or if it's about overcoming adversity. And to, to me, it is, throughout everything, is the enduring human spirit. Um, I, I see that in Guts. I see that in Miura. I see that in so much. Um, I'm grateful of, to have been able to support him and, and help others support him and show them ways to support uh, him and through the years. Uh, and, of course, I'm talking about by supporting it by buying the series, but also being respectful of him and his... You know, his choice to take the series at a pace that he's uh, feel is sustainable. I feel, it's, I feel like it's very important that we were able to be respectful to him throughout all these years, despite the, the circus online. Um, people have often talked about the possibility of Mira dying before finishing Berserk over the years, you know, and I have always just kind of cast those aside. I've never really considered it. And not because it's not possible, of course, you know, a- anyone can die at any time. If that's your perspective, then why even bring a child into this world? If death is such an inevitability, if that's such, if that's such a fixation, why bother? Why make any endeavor when death can cut it short? You know, I think the point is is not to fixate on the death. The point is to fixate on what he was able to achieve in the time that he was given on this world. Well said. Nice. Yeah, well done. Well, it's uh, it's hard to put into words. Um, he was someone I really, really admired. Not unlike what Griffiths was to Caracas. People say, don't meet your heroes, but I think Mira was a kind of man who would not just meet, but exceed all expectations. His editor commented on it in the longer version of the obituary, how long ago Mira offered them an old storyboard of Berserk out of the blue when they had just started working at a young animal. They were very impressed with him, but he was just like that. He was this kind of man. 
He strove for excellence. He was truly dedicated to his craft, all the while staying humble and down to earth, and also keeping a sense of self-deprecating humor about himself. I guess I would summarize it by saying I had faith in him, total faith that he would never disappoint me. And I don't mean a blind faith, but one that has been gained slowly over long years of consistently delivering work of the best quality I have ever seen. He was a private man, and he once said that readers should get to know him through his work because he put all of himself in it. In that sense, I feel that I knew him well, for his work accompanied me and fascinated me throughout 20 years of my life. He was truly a great man, and Berserk was always his comforting presence that I knew I could rely on no matter what would happen in my life. And of course, his work shaped my life too. I met my wife, thanks to Berserk, as well as many of my dearest friends, you guys, among others. And it has probably changed who I am as a person to in ways I don't even know myself. Um, I wrote him a letter last year to congratulate him on Berserk's 30th anniversary and to tell him how much it meant to me. And I am so glad I did and that he could read it. I will be eternally grateful for all of what he gave us during those years. 41 volumes of the best series that will ever exist, but also Gigento Machia, which I love and I'm Really glad he took the time to create 10 years ago. I will never forget you, Kentaro Mira-sensei, and I will always love what you have given us. <sighs> well, I guess I'll, uh, I'll volunteer to follow those two. <laughs> I'll take that, uh, <laughs> that hit. Um, yeah, it's probably, I didn't, I read, I mean, I wrote down just some, you know, bare bones notes about, you know, sort of my feelings, because it's kind of hard for like, you know, like they just said, it's hard to put into words, particularly when you, uh, you become aware of someone and feel like you get to know them through, you know, their artistry or their work. Fortunately, uh, as has pointed out about Berserk, you know, Mira stated, you know, like, I put everything into this. So even though he was kind of uh, largely you know, to me anyway, he seemed almost like this personally a mysterious figure, you know, which I kind of liked, you know, he seemed, which I could, you know, even that, you know, resonated with me like, oh, he's a very private person. That's good. I don't like to, you know, I don't like people in my business either. I could, I'd like to not hang out with this guy someday. You know, it's like we, we'd really get along that way. So I, I always felt that sort of, you know, kinship with them that this is just a guy who's happy, you know, at a desk drawing in his room, which is what I spent a lot of my childhood doing, just drawing pictures. And I always, uh, he always resonated with me as a drawer in that way, as I said previously. And also I just, uh, I love stories. I love epic stories. And uh, sort of what made Berserk special to me and made his work special to me was I always thought sort of what held back a lot of uh, drama and stories and things was a lack of realism, you know. Obviously, stories are stories. They're not, you know, especially fantasies. They're not supposed to be, you know, reality. And uh, But just that we, we didn't mine some of the most intense and, uh, you know, human elements of... Uh, you know, existence in the human experience because, you know, for respectability's sake, like, you can't have, you know, violence can't be too graphic or you can't touch on certain sexual subjects. Or if you depict a sex scene, you know, it's like the cheesy thing where it's like the camera pans to the window and you just see the, mm. the you know, the moon and it's like, oh, okay. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, these are intense, real moments people have in their lives but, you know, again, we only take that too far or it's seen as taking it too far unless it's like in an exploitation picture or something. And I always thought that was like the this vast untapped potential of well, why can't we show the most intense things and use them in a that uh, credible and, you know, respectable kind of like story. And so that's sort of when I discovered Berserk and, you know. 
how, you know, on its face, how intense it was. And, you know, obviously it's this, you know, very violent fighting manga on one level. And then it's like, oh, wow. And, like, look at, you know, it shows everything. It doesn't shy away from anything, like, particularly, like, you know, sex and violence. But it doesn't do it in an exploitative way. As a matter of fact, it uses it to, you know, help create this incredible characterization that it has you know, in this, like, incredible plotting, and it's like, wow, everything in this is top-notch, and it doesn't shy away from anything. And so that's what I loved about it, just going all the way back to, like, high school, you know? So, yeah, it's something where, on the surface, it was doing things that I felt like, you know, nothing else really was. And then the more I read it, and the longer I read it, and the longer it went on, it's like the depth. It just kept getting deeper and deeper on top of that. And it was, you know, I loved it in the first place. So that's sort of, uh, as an artist, as a creator, you know, the biggest thing to me was this was a guy who was doing things seemingly no one else could do. Because, you know, Mm. in any other medium that it was, you know, either people would, it would always be sort of self-censored or, you know, you don't, you don't want your main character to do something too bad or, you know, you don't want them to go through something too intense or too, you know, something that's going to make it weird. I can't think of another, you know, sort of pop culture like story, you know, and I guess it is that now. I mean, I didn't think of it that way before, but just, you know, (laughs) the outpouring of uh, support from around the world. It's like, oh, wow, Berserk is (laughs) pretty mainstream. You know, it's not just my like indie band, you know, that I discovered, you know, (laughs) with my friends on (laughs) SKNet. It's, it's just one of these things where, uh, yeah, I'd never, I'd never seen the things in Berserk anywhere else. You know, the things that happened to Guts, the things that Guts did, you know, good or bad. So, yeah, yeah that's what really uh, got me attracted to the series and what made it special to me. And what made me feel like, you know, Mira was a special person, which made me feel like, you know, I knew him. And, of course, the humor in the series, like this series is especially now the way he sort of cleverly, you know, in the margins... You know, every episode has, like, some really great jokes in it and great humor. You could tell that was very important to him. Yeah. And whether it's just, uh, it could, you know, and it could be the slapstick stuff with Puck, but also just, I think, one of my favorite scenes recently, you know, near the end, was uh, when Casca and uh, Farnese and Shirke, you know, they're getting, uh, getting her restored, and, like, the boys are sort of... Uh, sort of off at that party, sitting alone together. You know, it's uh, Roderick and uh, and Serpico and Guts. And, you know, <laughs> Roderick's drunk and Serpico's opening up and Guts is sort of being like, you know, he's worried, but he's sort of being the cool guy. And it was just this really great bonding kind of scene that was also really funny, too. Mm. And so he could have that kind of interpersonal, you know, humor, very subtle, very, you know sort of nice and also character building along with, you know, sort of, I mean, Berserk had everything. It contained multitudes as I guess the point I'm getting to in very long winded fashion. And so obviously, you know, Mira contained those multitudes too, even though he was this very sort of intense, quiet person and private person, you know, self-described. So I thought that was really cool. And that's how, you know, I felt like I knew him and that's really, uh, you know, why, I'm going to miss him. And also it just makes it like, I guess him being so private and unassuming is also what makes it hurt even more where it's like, this wasn't like someone living on the edge being a wild man. And so that's, I think part of the hurt where it's like, you know, it's that fear that, uh, like Walter was saying, you know, it can come, death can come anytime and take, you know, take you away or take away what you love. And in this case, it's sort of, uh, this thing where it's like, you know, well, why, you know, this wasn't, you know, there's no deserves, there's no, you know, sense to it. You know, it's just, it just happens. It's not good or bad, you know, from a, you know, a karma point of view, it's just, uh, it's just the way things are. And that makes it feel arbitrary and unfair, even though that's, you know, that's selfish. And I try to come away looking at like, yeah, what he gave us, 41 great volumes, sort of this epic work that's going to, you know, I hope now get even more appreciation and sort of, you know, be elevated to this status uh, that I think we all agree it deserves. And so I think I've said enough. Thank you. Wow. 
Well, that's well said. Thank you. Thank you, Griff. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll go next. Uh, I, I wrote something down as well, so here I go. When I was 15, I picked up my first volume of Berserk, not knowing how it would totally change the trajectory of my life. I did not expect it to touch me in the way that it did, with characters who truly seemed to reflect my own nascent feelings about the world. For nearly 18 more years, I felt like I had found a sort of friend in Kentaro Miura, who mostly communicated in drawings and words written in little white bubbles, but that was good enough for me. As time went on, I found myself part of a group of like-minded fans at SkullKnight.net, where I made many friends, some of whom have become close pals. Of course, I even met my husband thanks to this site, which is something that Miura also indirectly had a hand in. This develop must have come to a surprise from my parents, who seemingly thought I was a lesbian after collecting all those young animal magazines with the sexy beat movie <laughs> on the cover. <laughs> they were shocked. You really were reading it for the comics. I was reading it for the articles, people. Uh, I also focused on art as my career choice, which Mira also encouraged me to do in his way. Long story short, Berserk has been a constant companion in my adult life to the extent that living without it seems wrong and unnatural. The struggles of Guts, his healing and reframing of his journey have been, in a way, a parallel of our own lives' struggles and how, for the first time, it's time to continue to write that story without Miura at our side. I still haven't fully come to terms with Miura's death. As I said to Gobolatula yesterday, I feel as if I've got a hole in my living room and that I've just put a carpet over it and I'm remembering to walk around it. I'm functioning in my daily life with a sense of loss that I can't totally fathom right now. Every day and every hour seems to form a new terrible thought. The night is dark, and like guts, we must struggle on. For myself, I want more than ever to continue to create fan art for my favorite series and continue, continue to co-host the yearly gift exchange with Incantation and continue to jabber on and on about Berserk on the Skullcast. If anything has become clear over the last few days, it is that the world has, be has more Berserk fans than I realized, and more are being made with every social media post singing the praises of my late friend, Miura. I'm not religious, so I can't say that I hope that he's looking down on us with his mysterious smile, but I do hope that he has inspired many shrines, or I, I rather, I do think that he has inspired many shrines in apartments and houses across the world, where his work will proudly be displayed by all those who admired him and were touched by the world he created, myself included. So what does Berserk mean to me? I think it comes down to connections. Connecting with the author, connecting with the characters, connecting with one's fellow fans. I think that Berserk also helps to cultivate a compassionate heart and shows that even in a harsh world, there are people like Luca who will make it a better place for their presence in it. I hope that we can all strive to live up to Miura's example and now his legacy. Thanks. Um... So I, I wrote a couple things. Um, uh, well, first of all, this it really, really, really sucks that he died. Uh, Kentaro Mira, to me, was a genius. A living god. As an artist, his passing left me feeling as if I had lost a mentor. His work remains the absolute golden standard for what to strive for. As some fans have been pointing out this week, Berserk isn't just about a big strong guy swinging a big sword around. It's about being a struggler. Many characters in Berserk experience unfathomably traumatic events and learn to heal from them. As someone who has struggled with depression and a bit of trauma, I really can't overstate how much of an inspiration reading Berserk has been. Miura left a positive impact on the lives of so many people around the world. Through being a Berserk fan posting on SkullKnight.net, not only have I met people who, have, who I consider to be some of my dearest friends, but I met Grail, the amazing woman who became my wife. For that, I feel that I owe Miura a debt that I'll never be able to repay. Kentaro Miura, thank you so much, and may you rest in peace. 
Thanks. That was great. Really nice. Yeah, I really liked it. You said things I really should have said. You nailed it. So next we have a section about uh, all the tributes that we saw online over the past uh, several days. Uh, we have a couple selections uh, that were maybe make the most sense to mention because, of course, there were too many to mention. Um, not just artists, but uh, people of all walks uh, came out of the woodwork to show support from Mira. But I just wanted to highlight a few. Uh, first is Koji Mori, who you'll know from Holy Land and Suicide Island, which were also published in Young Animal. Uh, Mori was Mira's best friend. He posted two pictures showing the two of them doing strongman poses. One was in black and white from when, when they were teenagers, and the other was from 2014 when they visited the headquarters of New Japan Pro Wrestling. His message was short and emotional about the 40 years that they'd spent as friends. Next came uh, Chika Umino, who made uh, March Comes In Like a Line. Chika Umino is another one of Mira's good friends, and she said that she's been sitting at her desk for the past two weeks without any sense of reality, but she feels like they've been chatting together while drawing. And she's been remembering various memories, uh, one after the other. The next is Aniko Nicholson, who met Miura in 2010 when she was a young mangaka, interviewing more established authors as she didn't yet have her first big hit. She said this man, the creator of a work that she loved, was someone that she could truly respect, and that to this day it gives her unwavering trust in the world of manga. She also drew four manga pages of various memories of her time with him. Then there was Suzumu Hurazawa, who, of course, uh, composed some of Berserk's most memorable music. Uh, Many musicians involved with Berserk expressed their condolences, uh, including the composer of the Golden Age trilogy, the singer Ai, the group Pen Pals, but, of course, the most significant was uh, Hurazawa Suzumu, whose work Miura truly loved. In typical fashion, he posted a very philosophical message, saying Miura didn't occupy a physical space anymore, so therefore they could meet and talk more often from now on and that he was looking forward to seeing him soon. Um, I wanted to just mention real quickly that, you know, Mira had chosen uh, Susan Hirazawa, or actually had asked him to compose the music for uh, the 97 series because it was influential to Mira while he was creating Berserk, so it worked out well. The next is uh, George Morikawa, the author of Hajime no Ippo. Back when that series had reached its thousandth chapter, uh, Miura had made a congratulatory drawing and told Murikawa of his admiration, recounting how he had once, how he once was a special assistant to him. After the news of his passing was made public, Murikawa went on an emotional recollection of that encounter when Miura drew for him for a short time while he was still in school. He was only 18 and Murikawa was 19. He said that Miura showed him his sketchbook at the time, and inside it were already the brand, an elf and a swordsman with a, with a huge sword. He already had the basis for Berserk four years ago before the prototype was published. Many others expressed their sympathy and sadness, including Hiro Mashima, the author of Fairy Tale, Makoto Yukimura, the author of Vinland Saga, Yusuke Murata, the illustrator of One Punch Man, Naoki Yoshida, the producer of Final Fantasy XIV, and Yoshinori Ono, the former producer of the Street Fighter series. So, what's next for Berserk? Uh, Azil, do you want to talk about the condolence campaign? Uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, well, I have to. I have to get uh, to it. Basically, I haven't uh, really had time yet. But uh, we're yeah. going to uh, uh, prepare uh, messages, uh, the address, things to say in Japanese, things to say in English. Basically, try to give people uh, instructions on how to send a condolences card. To Young Animal uh, headquarters, uh, in order to, uh, yeah, give a tribute to Mura. So I'm going to try and, and post that on the forum as Canada net tomorrow. Uh, awesome. so, so yeah, so that people can, uh, send their, their regards. I appreciate that. I hadn't thought of how to do that. So I appreciate you putting time to do the logistics of it, despite us all being kind of not in the mood to be engineering solutions like that. So mm. I really appreciate it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot. Really. Uh, next, uh, what we expect to happen in the next young animal is some kind of tribute uh, to come for Miura, uh, but we don't know what the specifics of that are. And of course, uh, in the future, sometime in the distant future, we can look forward to the release of Volume Forty One. Uh, but we don't know anything beyond that. You know, we need to be patient and wait for Hakusensha to announce their plans for whatever that will entail. 
I would expect something, but, uh, you know. They've asked fans to be patient and give them time because it's still very raw for them. And obviously, even more so than it is for us. So they ask people to be uh, understanding and uh, decent. And uh, we've been asked a lot, quite logically, you know, what's next for Skullnight.net? I'm not going anywhere. I don't think we're going anywhere. Uh, I, I thought of maybe taking a little bit of a break from the day-to-day of checking the site, like I have been doing for so long, um, just to reflect after such a monumental change hit us. You know, I don't want to take a break. It just feels like a smart decision to do uh, in the wake of such a tragedy to just take some time and think about what to do. At the same time, you know, my appetite for recording podcasts hasn't diminished and talking about Berserk hasn't diminished. I'm still finishing a fanfic with plans to start something new immediately after that that's Berserk-related. You know, fundamentally, I will always love Berserk, uh, and I still have a lot to say about it. Uh, We're only just over halfway through of the reread podcasts, and we're going to go to the end, uh, and then and then we'll see what happens after that. But that's still <laughs> several years ahead before we wrap that up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I was... A- I'll always love Berserk, obviously, and uh, like uh, Pula said in her message, I feel like I have a responsibility to uphold Mira's legacy. I always thought, I always thought people didn't understand how great his work was, and that maybe once it was finished, they would, you know, once we got a, a better edition with a better translation. I always thought yeah, the time would come in the future, but I guess now it's up to us to make sure uh, his legacy is, uh, is preserved and kept and propped up. So I will, I will make sure to do that. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say was I don't think it makes a lot of sense for someone else to carry on Berserk's legacy, to carry it on in terms of continuing it. Because... Berserk and Miura were so intertwined, it was absolutely his series. No one can dispute that. But Duranki is a little different. Uh, To me, it feels primed for Studio Gaga to carry on the spirit of what Miura started, even though he's not there to guide them anymore. Because Miura started that with the intent of the uh, assistant Thursday at Studio Gaga taking it over. So that feels more appropriate in a way. For For there to be a future there, for the spirit of Miura's work to live on, in a way that it would not feel appropriate for someone else to carry on Berserk. So I wonder if they will. Uh, that'd be interesting to watch. Mm. Yeah, we'll see, even though there's no, no indication for now. Of course, yeah, we haven't heard anything about Rocky since last year. But yeah. yeah. That's our show. Thank you for joining us for this very somber occasion. But keep listening, because we'll still be here. And Bezak will be here forever. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you.